My name is True Powell and you are now listening to the Creative Entrepreneurs Podcast. Celebrating entrepreneurs and creativity. Talking business, pleasure, real life, get together. Join us here. Elevating careers. Join us here. Elevating careers. Nothing off limits. No, no, no. Lifting spirits. Yes, for sure. Inspiration, motivation. Laying down the right foundation. Hello listeners and thank you for coming back and tuning into the Creative Entrepreneurs Podcast. You guys know how we do it, where we turn creativity into careers and passion into profit. I'm super, super excited today to be joined by the one and only Sean Costley from Route 36. Now, for those of you who do not know Route 36, they are the amazing team behind this podcast. So those graphics that you see, um, the amazing sound, you know, that sound that, that's making me sound all lovely and sexy and everything. Yeah, that's Route 36. That's, that's producing that sound and, and everything that you see with this podcast. And honestly, this podcast would not have happened without this amazing team. So too kind. <laughs> of course, Sean, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm glad that you've you've joined us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been an honour to um, take part in it so far. And to come on and talk to you today, I'm looking forward to it, see what we can, uh, what gems we can give and hopefully give out some information that's going to help people ultimately. Good, good. And that's what we want. So, um, so Sean, talk to me around what you do. Um, so good I know question. a lot of people would just see kind of maybe like mm. you know graphic designer or, or yeah. whatever but i know that there and just being here there's so much more absolutely so talk to me about what you do no yeah it's a really good place to start so route 36 is um it's ultimately it's a combination of really talented people i know that that might sound a little bit cliche but that that's what it is and our um our speciality is in the marketing sector so we deliver um deliverables from right across the creative spectrum and into uh, the operational activation side of marketing. So what that actually sounds like in reality is on the creative side of things, that could be anything from um, brand design, right from concept, right the way through to delivery. So, you know, 2D graphic design, 3D design in terms of like, um, you know, retail uh, shopping centers, uh, uh, window displays, that sort of thing, right the way through to um, videography, animation, motion graphics, um, and then right the way through content creation into uh, what I'd call the sort of the distribution side of, of creativity. So paid spend uh, management on social media, the, the management of social media channels um, for, for small and, and large companies, um, right the way through to like the analytics side of things and you know the creation of websites and um, the monitoring and tracking of performance across websites. So it's a little bit of a mouthful, but we, we operate essentially right the way across the, the full creative spectrum in terms of um, the relevant services that, that you can get from us and, and that people need to operate or create um, businesses in 2021, essentially. Um, and then the execution side of things is 
what I would describe as like on the activation side of things. So a lot of um, marketeers need to, need the ability to distribute and um, purchase uh, point of sale items and get all of this uh, material delivered to stores in a really clean and organized fashion. And that's one of the, the our key USPs um, here at Route 36. So half of our team is split onto what we call the logic side of the business and they specialize in deeply understanding um, you know, the layout and the spatial requirements of, of retail estates. Um, we've developed software that enables marketing teams and, and creatives to to distribute that um, set of information in a way that nobody else has so far. So, yeah, a little bit of a mouthful, but um, wow. but there's a lot that we yeah. do, you know, from from what, from what you've wow. said. But best place to start is probably check out our website and have a look at the different services that we do. Wow, that's incredible. And I know that you just, what, what you've mentioned there is just a, a breadth of things mm. that you do. And I, I kind of want to, why Route 36? What, what What's that name about? Like, where did that come from? Really, really, really good question. So um, myself and the two co-founders of, of Route 36, we've been friends since, um, Jesus, since like 10, 10 years old kind of wow. thing. And we went to school together, went to uh, college, uni, all, all of that. And we worked with, with each other for about 10, 15 years also. So it's we've known our foundation goes way, 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 way back. And um, when we when we started, or we decided to come up with a new business, we was a little bit lost as, as to what to what to call it, and we was thinking of different. You know, it felt like a little bit of a way out of the situation that we was in. So we was thinking different route destinations, and the just different people may have heard different stories on this in terms mm. of where we got the Route Thirty Six names. But anyone who really really knows um, us at Route Thirty Six will know where it's from. So. One of our friends, um, Jimmy Davis, who used to play for Manchester United when he was younger. Mm -hmm. He tragically passed away in a, in a car accident when he was 21. Mm -hmm. And he used to wear the number 36 mm -hmm. on, on his shirt. That's, that's what number he was. So that number's obviously really special to us. Like a lot of our friends have got the number tattooed on mm -hmm. them. And you know, it's really, really special, really special guy and special to us still to this day. And we wanted to kind of honor his legacy and kind wow. of in our own way and kind of carry that carry that name on a, a bit you know obviously everyone thinks of route 36 and they think route 66 mm. um but we wanted to to mm. honor that name and honor that that number and keep it keep it going yeah that's magical wow respect respect <laughs> respect I, I love that so um you, you mentioned that you started with two other co-founders mm. um so i've got a couple of questions for that okay <laughs> um so number one are those co-founders still in the business absolutely yeah yeah great and Number two, how important is it to get into um, get into a go go into business with people that you know and trust, and what what other kind of things? So, say for example, someone wants to start their business, and you know they want to start it with somebody else, whether it's a friend or a mm. family member or or something. What other kind of like tips that you would give them? What should they be doing or thinking about when they're looking to kind of do a joint venture with? Wow, very, very, very good question. Now, um, I remember, so shout out to the Rossiter brothers because they're the, the two guys who we're talking about. Like I say, Joe has been my best friend since we was like 10, 11 and Jack's uh, Joe's younger brother and, you know, we've, we've grew up together. So one of the things I would say if you're considering starting a business with somebody else, first and foremost is is um, is trust. Mm. Um, and you you need to be able to trust these people or whoever it is you're going into business with in a way 
deeper than I can, I can ever explain, if that makes sense, as in because what business does, it brings out the best and the worst in everybody. Um, and you need to be able to understand that when, think, when times get tough or, you know, um, you know, when the chips are really down, um, you, you, under, you deeply understand that person who you get into business with because money gets involved. Things can think there's lots of things that can um, you know fracture a relationship. So, so yeah, you ultimately have to trust the people you're getting into into business with. And I think what really helped us was one the fact that we kind of knew each other's characters deeply before work. So mm. so as as friends and pe people can say it's obviously dangerous to get into business with friends, but we also had. Um, experience actually working together as well so we knew f for example we knew each other's strengths in work mm. and out of work mm. if that makes sense so i think we was kind of blessed a bit in that way to be perfectly honest because we we had a bit of a a chance to actually work alongside with each other for like 10 years so mm. we so we really got to see each other's strengths and weaknesses in the work environment as well as kind of externally so so yeah absolutely trust the people you're getting into business with um and crucially as well i, I think um Obviously, this, this will depend on what type of business you're going to create, but trying to ensure you've got skill sets that complement each other mm. and also skill sets that kind of overlap each mm. other a little bit is um, is what I would advise simply because as you grow and as you scale, um, you what helped us was the fact that the three of us could kind, we could all kind of do the core services that we mm -hmm. offered when we started, but we all kind of had our own kind of unique strengths also that enabled us to grow other areas of the business. But, you know, if one of us was to get ill or somebody else needed to, f you know, fill in in a certain role, we could have quite easily because mm. we was all capable of doing the same thing as mm. well as some different things. So I think that was a, um, a really good help for us. And yeah, that's something I'd advise as well, trying mm. to mix your mix mm. the skill sets and overlap where you can. Good, love that, love that. Um, some of the other things that I would probably kind of add on to that is where possible, make sure you've got a working agreement, just listing out like different roles mm. and different responsibilities and who's doing what and who takes what. And because it's so important. Absolutely, like. absolutely. And, and you know what, it's just really, really good point because <laughs> those type of things, and, and I think this is because like, I think while we were so lucky, it's because we deeply trusted each other so mm. much. Those things we, we really didn't think, we didn't mm. even have to think about. Um, as in, you know, is it gonna be equal shares or this, that, you know, and those, mm. those things that could easily get, you know, you could fall out over quite quickly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but you, you're absolutely right. Like for, as, as advice to people kind of getting into business, document these mm. things, it's, it's really important. 100%. You know, you don't want it to, you know, to be any misunderstandings yeah. like looking back, I think it's the fairest way to yeah. do it. Yeah, and the, and the last thing that I would probably say as well is, therapist like mm. when you going into business with someone it's like a relationship it's like you're literally you know going into business and spending most of your time with that person and there's going to be disagreements there's going to be you know different viewpoints and it's about how do you respect and you know respectfully work towards different viewpoints and that diversity of thought and move forward and one of the things that i've learned is having a therapist at some point to, to mm. help you talk with one another and you know just work things out and i know a lot of business people who have got joint ventures with each other with each other has therapists to help okay. those relationships and it, and it actually really works so i you know that's some 
a tip that I would probably give as well. I might have to take that one on. <laughs> get someone to get us to talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, it's um, it's it, it's it's lovely that mm. you actually grew up with a set of friends and that then you decided that you was going into business with mm. them and creating, you know, this route, this 36, this beast that we see today. And I think a lot of people would really underestimate kind of the operation that you're that you're running absolutely um, just just speak to us about some of the clients that you've mm. worked with and um yeah yeah that's um it's true like, you know just following on from the the point you were saying we're not too kind of overstated if i'm honest we 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 like to kind of operate under the radar a little bit and um not we, today we're uh, coming out we are coming, coming out yeah, today ab ab <laughs> absolutely yeah but um you know we don't shout too loud um and I think that's a bit of a reflection in our characters, believe it or not. But um, but yeah, we, we, we kind of, we do what we do and we do it really well. Mm. And people who know us know we do it really well. Um, but the next sort of three, four years, I guess, uh, plan, you know, and in terms of where we're heading, it's more about getting out and t telling more people and grow, you know, growing kind of outside of where we currently are. But um, yeah, in terms of the answer to your question regards clients, we, we're really, really fortunate to, to work with some, you know, sort of major, major clients across the UK and Europe and, you know, worldwide, really. And, and I think that's come from... Um, the experience that we had before we even started Route 36. So, um, you know, we, we worked to really senior positions. Um, so right now we work with people uh, like, um, sort of like JD Sports. We work with um, uh, companies like HH Global. We work with Asda. We work with um, sort of like Primark, wow. um, you know, Co-op, wow. uh, lots, 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 yeah. lots of different companies. Um, mm. Wilkinson's, Yumbo in Europe. Mm. Um, we were having conversations with companies in Australia. We worked with companies in uh, Bangladesh, you know, people like ZXY International, um, companies in America, like, like mm. all, all over so, now. It's um, mm. it's pretty extensive, really. Yeah, exciting that is. Like, and some big, big brands, and it's exciting stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. It's um, it is a little bit mind blowing to be honest. As in, um, we've only been going to like, four years. We're just entering our fifth year. So to be, you know privileged enough to be servicing these clients um, at this stage. It's something we don't, mm. you know, we don't take for granted. We know it's hard work that's got us to this point. Mm. Um, you know, nothing's been give, gifted, if that makes sense. It's been, um, it's been hard right. work to get to this point. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, it's what is opportunity we're, we're, mm. we're blessed enough to have. And uh, yeah, we're look, looking forward to keeping it going and seeing where it can go from here. Yeah. Amazing. I absolutely love that. I think it's incredible. So what challenges have, you faced along the way and i know obviously running a business is difficult mm. and often we you get know. presented with lots of challenges as business owners mm. and you know 2020 was a massive challenge for many many businesses and i know some businesses just couldn't operate and other businesses excelled and absolutely use it as an opportunity mm. um, but i just want to you know probably a two-part question so the first question what challenges have you had in your five five years mm. of, of operation and then the second question which is like the, the second part to it is did covid impact okay. you and or for the for the worse or for the better okay so challenges i think the key challenges were um going through the various growth stages um 
And what I mean by that is, so when we first started, there was uh, three of us. And essentially what we did was, um, you know, contract work, you know, consult, freelance, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, we was doing that for about 12 months, 18 months. And we, so on day one, we had a vision of what Route 36 was going, was going to be, but we knew on day one, it was probably going to take us three, four years to get there. Um, like the Rossiters as people were the, the meticulous planners and it, a lot, fortunately, a lot of that's rubbed off on me, but, um, but yeah, so Don't we, I know, it. I know yeah, so we knew where we wanted to get to, um, really early but we but we knew we had to kind of tread a certain path so one of the first um challenges was um creating funds so like we we're completely independent we've got no backers we we didn't we know we haven't come from wealth in terms of our background if that makes sense as in you know we all we all saved up a small amount of money um to you know to basically if it didn't work out so we could pay our bills for sort of five six months that that was the plan that was the Mm. financial plan if you see what i mean as in me jack and joe um, so we gave ourselves a six-month chance, if that makes sense. We need to make it pay within six months. Um, and so we started, so that was the initial challenge, just to literally get it off the ground and um, then trust our gut and trust our instinct that we could make it work. And then the initial challenge was then creating capacity in terms of financial capacity to grow. And what I mean by that is as in we could have, I'm sure, for a long time kind of continued to um, offer our services on a freelance or consultancy basis and earn a lot of money and um, mm. paid ourselves really, really well, um, you know, because of the previous experience that we'd managed to build up. But we knew that would only ever be um, us free doing something. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be able to grow the business to a point where it's more than just us free. Mm. Um, so the first challenge was creating that financial capacity. And what that essentially looks like is don't spend it any money, mm-hmm. save every penny you've got, work in coffee shops, work in libraries, wherever you can get free, whatever, you know, take the opportunity to do that. Um, and that was tough for the first sort of 12, 18 months. Um, but that's what we did. So we did that kind of saved every penny. And then, um, the next challenge then became growth. So, okay, we need offices. We need a place to harvest a team and create culture and and create, pass on to the next level, if that makes sense. So Mm. it was then recruiting the team. It was growing those services. So we then, we moved from like a transition business into, um, like a, a creative offering as well. Mm. That's when we introduced those services and then, um, you know, creating the team to deliver those services. That was obviously a challenge. Um, and then uh, I think kind of going through those very various stages through, through up its own challenges. So that kind of took us up to, um, to, to towards the end of 2019. And we grew from say three people to about 11 people, I think by the end of 2019. Wow. So, wow. So that growth, yeah, that growth was in about twelve months because the first eighteen months was just the three of us mm. saving money, if that makes sense. So then COVID hit, which just before we we answered the COVID okay. question, there was something in there that you kind of mentioned initially, which was the first eighteen months you, okay. you guys saved up, you kind of living on the the breadline yep. as it were, and sacrificed and just knew that you had to make this Absolutely. venture work. I know that there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there thinking about making that plunge or making that step but may have some commitment so at that stage did you have commitments in terms of maybe i don't know um um partner children house like what was your status at that stage and what was your thinking when you really good question really good question so one of the um things getting that financial stability and and getting you all onto a level playing field kind of thing super 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 important and 
again, the, those guys are meticulous planners. And what, what we said was, um, so before we even started the business, we said, what is the minimum amount of money that we could survive on? Wow. So, and, and that, that and we knew that had to be equal across mm. the board. So it couldn't be that person can survive in this, but that person can mm. survive in that. And that per we said, what's the minimum amount of money that we can all survive on? And, and you know, uh, I think Joe had two children at the time. I think Jack might have had a child on the way. I haven't got no children. Um, but we worked out a number that what it was, and it was much lower than the money that we was earning at the time. So we said, okay, so if we can earn that amount of money, that will that will pay the bills. I'll keep the lights on. That will you know buy the kids mm. something at Christmas. You know the real, real, real basics. Um, but I'm taught we we went in on that, mm. and I remember Jack, for example, like buying. Um, you know, like six months worth of like glue roll and, and uh, toothpaste and, and stuff, you know, but mm. buying things in bulk yeah. to, to get wow. to get a cost saving. So yeah. we, we really, really but, looked at it. Mm. But that's such an important point. Like, I think when you are going into business, so if mm. there's any, any listeners thinking about going into business, you have to do your personal budgets and you have Absolutely. to work out what is the minimum spend that mm -hmm. I can live off so to speak it's essential it's essential because um this yeah you, you need to know what you know what your outgoings are and what you in, you know what your incoming is and sorry what your, your income is going to be variable but if, mm. if you can control what your outgoings are that's a that's mm. a very very good place to start so you know literally like the i remember the guys selling cars and we downgraded in terms of cars so i need to wow. get rid of this and get rid of that and just just completely shed anything that wasn't essential um, and then saved money. So, so two things. So we got our outgoings down to an absolute minimum, um, and we then um, worked out you know, what what that value we needed to to earn to to kind of keep every keep it going. Mm. Um, so once we was at that point, um, we we kind of knew our targets. Then, so the variable was then how much money can you make, how much money can you generate, because we know mm. what what the what the costs are, what the base costs are. Um, so yeah, from that point, um, I lost, I lost my train of thought. What was the original <laughs> question? I forgot what the question it was. was no, I was just, um, we was just talking about kind of budgeting initially mm. and making sure that you've, you've got enough funds and working out your outgoings and, and incomings. But I think you, you, you more than, you know, answered that question. And it's such a good, good point. And I think everybody should note that down, you know, before you even think about going into business write down your personal budget spend and how much you can live off. But fast forward to 2020 okay. and COVID hits and the, wor the world for many industries, particularly the creative industries, mm. kind of falls to its knees and, Absolutely. and stops. Um, and those that survived or thrived are those kind of, in or, or those organizations that were occupying the online space mm. or you know supporting um or there's how did covid impact you and what did you do to pivot because you know you've mm. you've just before covid or during covid you you grew from what three to 15 correct yeah yeah, yeah. so something happened so talk to me about that yeah yeah good good point so um in terms of how did it affect us? So we had grew from three to 15 and, and the numbers were split pretty evenly down the middle in terms of the two sides of the business. So down the, the logic and the creative sides of the business. Um, now, 
thank God we did what we did in terms of strategy and we moved, um, we grew the logic side of the business from essentially people paying for me, Joe, Jack, you know, Ollie's time um, to be, to go and sit in someone's head office and operate to, um, to offering software as a service in terms of we kind of migrated a lot of those skills out of our head into software that people can pay for as, mm. as a service. Um, and that was a decision that was made you know, quite a while back, but you know, le leading up towards um, 2020. And, and the reason I say that is because, so as 2020 came in was when we was first starting to, um, we got to early traction, so post office or one of the early adopters of the raw software platform. Um, and that was sort of back end of um, 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and then it kind of grew from there, different, different clients kind of pick, picking up the software platform, which generated income for us. And it generated inco income for us in a way that didn't mean we needed to be sat in someone's office, mm. which was obviously piv you know super crucial from a COVID situation. Um, and also on that side of the business, what it, it what it what it also did as in COVID then coming in, it forced marketeers and everybody, every business in the world to sharpen the pencil mm. and get. Um, control of budgets and everybody isn't even more so than they ever have been mm -hmm. and you know, everyone's trying to save money but even that's been intensified by covid so if there is a way that you can save money in your marketing spend people are looking mm -hmm. for it um and what the raw platform does is it does exactly that it can it takes time out to, time and money out of the operational side and out of the kind of purchasing side of of, of um marketing accounts so you know companies that are spending millions on, on point of sale they can save significant amount of money with this sounds like a shameless plug but mm. it's it's the truth and it really mm. can and the reason why i'm saying that is we we seen uplift in the amount of because of covid people trying to save money they was looking for tools that would save them money and mm. that created um a need for the for right. the software that we was actually providing so we've seen an uplift on that side of the business um, while we seen a downturn on the creative side of the business because the mm. creative side of the business that was hit the most hard as in events were closed. Mm. So a lot of our videographers and, you know, animators and people that were out either, you know, shooting film in on set, you know, on location or in, in offices or mm. wherever, that side of thing was hit most hard because no one could interact, no one could get close to each other. You know what, what's, what's, what's funny actually, because obviously I've, known you for some mm. time now and we've worked together on many projects um and there was the one project literally just yeah, before right. covid we were working on doing i think it was the chamber awards that's and right, we yeah, were working like course. literally we were you know you guys were sorting out all the digital presentation mm. for us it was going to be an amazing performance that we were going to do in front of 1400 people at the icc you know and we all had it all planned out and i think the performance was on the thursday and we've been working on this for probably the last i don't know a month prior yeah, yeah about four weeks and yeah. then um i think it was on the monday they phoned and was like this performance isn't happening <laughs> on thursday and we were like what and um and i just remember calling you saying oh it's, it's it's not happening it's not happening and then um, what's interesting now is we'll, we'll probably end up do the, doing the performance in 2022 but that's crazy what we had planned and the stuff that you've done for 
for 2020 is probably now outdated. Of course. Like, it's, the world has moved, moved on that so quickly, much. Yeah. <laughs> but in the same sentence, stood still. Mm. Um, but on, on, a, on a digital landscape, the world has kind of just moved on because we were forced to do it so quickly um, that what we probably had planned, we, we probably would need to, to rethink. So I, I just think for me, like, it just highlights how the creative industries in terms of kind of like your events and mm. you know all the stuff that you would do to support events and 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 that industry was just completely com wiped out just that's like that just like that yeah com completely wiped out so if you think um yeah you know an event that goes on it will create need for photographers for videographers mm. for events planners for you know, you know, mm. there's so many, um, you know, careers that get put on hold, I guess, or, or agencies that get put on stop when that event can't happen. And it's the same thing for, like, like I say, a lot of our customers are um, our brand side, you know, or, or retail, retailer-led. And um, it's the same thing, you know, when people can't go out and spend money in store, that, mm. that just, it just turns everything off, mm. so... Yeah, it was a, it was a tough time on that side of things, and um, yeah, and and slowly then things started to come back to life, as in you know what we was able to do, mm. um, in, you know, in terms of like COVID restrictions and what have you, slowly got lifted, and um, we was able to off offer different services. But just going back to one of your earlier sort of points, and like how did we how did we pivot? So there was a few things we did during mm -hmm. um, during that period. So obviously, um, you can only control what you can control. Mm. Um, and one of the things we realized was people were just, um, even if you could operate in a COVID safe way, um, emotionally, I don't think people were ready to mm. operate in a COVID safe way. Um, and as in people coming into their environment or coming into, you know, their space and, and shooting or do, you know, doing different things. So we did this, mm. we, we thought, okay, well, if we can't go on location, if we can't go out to video, why don't we use the skills, the know-how uh, that we've got to um, one of the mm. other services that were popping off during during COVID. Mm. So podcasts were going through the roof, you know, podcasts have been on the rise for a long time, but I think they, they got amplified because mm. people needed content, people needed something to listen to during COVID. So we pivoted in that respect and, you know, we didn't do podcasts Super. before that. So we said, okay, well, let's combine all of those skills that we've got and get creative with it and try and come up with another solution that we that keeps people in a job and mm. keeps keeps the lights on so to speak so so yeah we we invested in a little bit of equipment that we didn't have but um <laughs> a little bit <laughs> yeah and but, but and use the space so to mm. so what that's created is a place that other people could come to if they're not comfortable with people coming to them mm. um so yeah and now, yeah. We, now we're doing podcasts well that brings me on to my <laughs> next point which is collaboration mm. and I, I, you know we we both know that collaboration is huge and it's part of the reason why we're both kind of sitting here today and just kind of I, I remember actually first kind of coming into contact with you I remember like putting out a tweet you know I love Twitter um just asking for a you know a, a videographer or a team that can support some of the stuff that I was doing and Casey Bailey shout out Casey um message saying oh route 36 you'll, you'll look no further so i was thinking what's casey what's talking about about i'll look no further like it's a bit cocky isn't it? um but I, I remember speaking i remember just calling you initially and just immediately you just got you was just like it was just like you was inside my head you just mm. knew 
like what I was thinking and what I wanted. Um, so we've since worked on a few various of projects. You know, we, you've done stuff for Candy Girl. Um, you kind of did all the, the kind of graphics for, you know, oh, APAA's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. event, which was insane. Like everyone was like, nah, the graphics were just out of this world. <laughs> um, and, and then we kind of discussed, obviously, doing collaborating on on this podcast and listeners i gotta be honest like when i first wanted to do this podcast or was going to do it i was like the best thing for me to do because i'm not really sure about the production side mm. is to collaborate with somebody who gets me who understands me and who probably knows kind of what i want to achieve and i, I gave sean a call and we sat down and we discussed about how this collaboration would look yeah and how you know we can support each other and of course um you you came on board here we are now i'm going to be honest like i thought it would just be a couple of mics a dslr camera just watching <laughs> us and like we'll put it on a platform and that would be it but you have like blown my expectations <laughs> completely out the water like i'm talking the space in itself like mm. if you if you listeners can see this space and i'm i'm hoping that we'll do something to to help yeah, you to push it yeah see yeah. the space but if you can see the space it's incredible and anybody that comes into the space is always well and i you know just blew me away and then the equipment thank you appreciate that. the equipment is incredible and just we're not even going to speak about the critical planning just yet. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come, come on, on to that. that. We'll come on to that. But it's just that the the detail yeah. and the project management and just, just the whole thing has made me super gassed about this podcast. And, yeah, that's what we do, man. Um, appreciate it. So just going back to the question, like, how important is collaboration to you and to the business? It's super, 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 super important because, you know, what do they say? Collaboration is a new innovation kind of mm. thing. It's, um, there's not too many ways to innovate these days. You've got to be really, really on it to come up with something genuinely new. Um, but yeah, collaboration is absolutely, it's, it's critical. And um, not only do we look for, you know, like-minded people, businesses, you know, to collaborate with and, you know, if we, if we can help each other out, it's, it's amazing. You know, it's obviously win-win. Um, I, I think it's like you have to uh, embody that as, as a business as well. Mm. So it's, it's one of our key, you know, core values kind of thing in terms of collaborating. So it's super important to us as in individually as a team within the company, um, you know, collaborating with people outside the company. It's, I, I, to be honest, I, I don't see how you can get on too well without collaborating mm. these days because not everybody can do anything, everything. And I think everybody who says they do everything is 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 you mm. know there's a maybe maybe but mm. um but yeah I, I think true collaboration mm. is is uh, is is what everyone's trying mm. to trying to achieve. What I would say is is find the right people mm. to do it with and the Definitely. people that, that complement um, your yeah. skill sets or the or the gaps that you've mm. you've identified and make sure that it's win win. And yeah. I think for me, like this podcast is one of those. I guess win-win, yeah, you know, course, yeah, situation. Yeah. So, from my point of view, you know, the Creative Entrepreneurs Podcast is a new podcast, um, hasn't been launched yet, so there's no listenership or or whatever the case may be, but it has the potential to Absolutely, be something yeah, yeah, yeah. special. And 
I think you saw that vision and you've had a new podcast you've invested in a podcast studio and yeah 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 all this bad boy equipment and, and stuff that you've got and it kind of just made sense that we try and work together and absolutely you know you guys do the production work on mm. the podcasting in the in the same vein mm. kind of showcase your offering and what you do absolutely and to be honest we, we couldn't have picked a better way to do it if that makes sense because mm. um you, you know what it's like when you're trying to um take a new service to market you need certain things you need the credibility that you can actually do it mm. you need examples mm. that you can actually do it um you kind of need certifications or you know you know official kind of qualifications depending on what it is kind of thing and it's the same with any of our services we're we're very much like that we're um we we know we know we can do it mm. but we've got to kind of convince other people that you mm. can do it and um we, we we don't tend to go to market until we kind of have all of the right pieces mm. in place. Um, and that's what this is going to enable us mm. to do, essentially, as in, you know, people will, will see the output from this podcast. Mm. They'll see um, other podcasts that we've worked on. And then when we really go to market with it and, and push push those services to, mm. to other people, the you know we, we, they're going to see a, you mm. know a load of kind of heavyweight guests they're going to hear the quality they're going to mm. see the quality and and that should if you know that should give people the confidence to of course to come and come and use the space and you know and, of course and do it and I, i'm telling you now listeners if you're thinking about doing a podcast or if you've got a podcast in your mind or or you want somewhere to record it and you want like production support then honestly route 36 are your guys turn around in like 24 hours yeah. and just make it happen and and they're just phenomenal to work with like i can't i'm calling them like 24 7 and saying <laughs> oh we need to do this oh we need to do that and they're like yeah it's sorted yeah You've it's sorted it. um and and some in some ways you you kick my ass and you put yeah me in check i'm trying, and you're trying like, to push push like, you along like we've got this critical plan like we, we need to speak about this critical plan because i don't think we could move away from this podcast without speaking about so freaks you out you know the critical plan so guys i'm in the gym it's 6 a.m in the morning i get a message from sean with a spreadsheet saying yeah we have this critical plan and we need to make sure that we do this. And there's a, like a screenshot of like a spreadsheet with like loads of different columns and numbers and dates. And freaks out. It literally, it? like I was like, what the hell is this? Like critical plan. Like what have I done wrong? But you do events, <laughs> fellow. I'm surprised it shocks you so much. But, I, but when I looked at, at the, the plan and I saw all the detail involved and in my head i was like right okay like this is what we're doing like we're here like yeah this is, we're not playing with it yeah it's one of them things because like yeah i, I did because we're so used to doing that we're mm. so used to sending like critical planning is is like abc if you see what i'm saying mm. it's so kind of has to be done in the world we operate in because we work big big brands mm. and big retailers so if things don't happen on the relevant day there's consequence <laughs> sued this you know yeah we come from that background where things don't happen on you know people can get like 50 grand fines mm. for like for not delivering when they say they was going to so we we're quite normalized by that so when i speak to someone i say yeah we've got a critical plan you're like what's, what's he talking about critical <laughs> yeah it freaked you out but but yeah it's, it's, it's important because mm. now we know like okay you want to launch that on this mm. date it's got to be signed off by this mm. date and that means mm. you need to be reviewing it by this mm. date because yeah. we can't we can't go too right. close and then it goes late and it, you mm. know 
that's, yeah. that's not how we work. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I I, I can't run you because it's um, it, it's it's making it work and it's and it, and it's looking phenomenal and that's what we do. By the time this podcast airs, um, you guys would have been able to see um not only this podcast but mm. um the Ben Francis interview as well from the founder of Gymshark, which was just phenomenal. Um, Brilliant. So um yeah, man, just check out you know both of these um episodes they're 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 both absolutely incredible and you mentioned that you you know and we've gone back and forth about these big brands that you work Mm. with i know that there are some listeners out there who have a product okay um, so you created this software product and yeah and i think you mentioned that you know you managed to get it in post office or something Mm. so you've you've created this product and you've brought it to market. How do you just walk into these big brands and say, right, I've got something to sell to you? Like, because there's going to be listeners out there that has something and don't know how to sell it, don't know how to get their foot in the door, like are, are a little bit unsure. So it's just, is there a pragmatic way where you, like, how do, how do, how do you do it? Because you just make it sound so easy and, and actually it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not easy at all. Um, and I can only talk from experience, I guess, on, mm. on this one. Um, and the way we have often done it, it's through, it's, it's through relationships. So, um, and what I mean by that is, is in not too many, not too many, some, not too many of our opportunities have come from like cold, complete cold calls, if that makes sense. It's come from um, existing relationships that we've been, that we've been working on for sort of 10, 15 years kind of thing. Um, and you know the importance of obviously mm. maintaining relationships and, mm. and, and, and you know, staying, staying close, um, c- continuing to talk to various people. And then when you do have an opportunity, you've kind of earned the right to say, what do you think of this? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so for talking from experience, um, how we've managed to um, grow this particular product, um, it's, it's come from it's evolved from a need and what I mean by that is as in because of our previous skill sets people would call us because people within the industry would call us to solve a problem in a traditional way so they might Mm. call us to say we've got this problem we know you guys have the skill set to resolve it Um, and they might have called us to say can you resolve it like this and like this might be um, what it might have been creating, say, a um, what I would call like a um, like a smart spreadsheet, so a spreadsheet mm-hmm. that's got full of um, formulas and macros that mm-hmm. automate tasks and and that type of thing. Um, and people might have known that we're capable of doing that type of thing. It's quite a rare skill set um, in our industry, and and then we've then evolved mm. that deliverable to a software platform. So in the background without people kind of asking us to do that, mm. we've gone, hang on a minute, if we do this, we've now got, rather than a, a bespoke spreadsheet solution mm-hmm. that we can sell to various people who keep asking us for these things, um, we can create a platform that we can scale. Um, so we created a, we created another opportunity um, to sell something based on a need that was pre-existing. Mm. Um, so then when the call came, so yeah. again, coming back to your point of how did you get in there, mm-hmm. it was more a case of, we are being um, requested to service a problem in a certain way, mm-hmm. and then we offered a different way of solving that problem. Wow. wow. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it kind of, 
we moved the deliverable, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, it's actually quite difficult for us to maintain all of these different mm. things. So let's let's do that there. And we invested a lot of money mm. to get to that point, um, and then offer up that that solution. Yeah. So when the call came, it was more it was more that way. So yeah. when they asked for a certain product, we we offered up a different solution. And for me, like that is true entrepreneurship. It's true, <laughs> honestly. So you not only provided a need to the problem hmm. which was like step number one sorry providing a solution to, to the, the problem, problem which is like step number one in doing any business or you know whether it's service or product-based business you yeah. have to provide a solution to, to the someone's problem. problem so you did that but not only did you do that you exceeded expectations which is like step, step number, number two yeah, like absolutely. literally you know you the third was going to get this but then you delivered this which is just above and beyond their expectations um so you know you can in some instances i know a lot of people um say kind of under promise and over deliver yeah and literally that is a sentiment that i kind of like to live by and, and i know full well that that's what you guys do because Absolutely, yeah. this podcast is a living testament <laughs> of of that sentiment um, so yeah, I, I think that's incredible. Yeah, it was that. It, it was that. It was definitely that way, as in how we opened the door, shall, shall we say, as in. Um, and then I think once you've got the buy-in um, from um, from one company, that makes sense. Mm. It, it allows other companies to become more uh, comfortable with, mm. with investing with a platform because getting, you know, selling software. Mm into a blue chip company is probably one of the most difficult things you can do in our mm -hmm. in our industry because so many people have to be on board for that mm. to happen you know there's um just so the mm. markets the marketeers themselves the marketing managers mm. then it have to be okay with it it's there's mm. so many different people that have to be on board with with um with that happening and um you know, we've we've got like ISO twenty seven thousand and one mm. like credentials, but the, at the time there was only ten people in our business, and we, we were having to get accreditations that mm -hmm. you know companies literally a hundred times the size of ours mm. have. Um, so yeah, but that shows you kind of who's punching above our weight, if that yeah, makes sense. For sure. But um, but yeah, in terms of um, that point of how did we kind of open the door, and I, I think to to really simplify it was. It was doing the right things at the right times, mm. keeping relationships open. So when um, when we did have the opportunity to kind of push something, we we could we could mm. we could push a particular product and working working hard. And that sounds really obvious, <laughs> but working hard and you know um, yeah. not letting people down, um, being being the type of guys that people can rely on consistently for sort of ten years plus. Mm. You know that that is what open those doors yeah. if that makes sense relationships does that make sense is in it it's not a, it's not like a mm. oh i just called them up and snuck in yeah because they wouldn't trust you people yeah, would be yeah. like no, who are these guys no yeah, one's ever heard course, of them course. you know you can't bring software into that here because it, it's, it just doesn't work like that there's so many overnight, does no, it? no no it's no that no. reputation building absolutely and i think this is the same for this podcast and like a lot of people are asking me, you know, how did you manage to get these kind of guests on your podcast? You know, how did you get how did through you the door? <laughs> Come <laughs> on, Juice, build the beats. <laughs> and I ain't got no, no one to bribe people. <laughs> so it literally is relationships and also reputation. Yeah. Um, and just making sure that you're, you know, you put your reputation at the forefront of everything that you do. Um, and that when people see you, um, they would want to, come and support or help or 
or trust to buy from you because Absolutely. Um, it's your reputation and, and the relationship that you're that you've leveraged. So great, 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 great. So just kind of, have you always been a creative? So have you always been like, you know, at, at school growing up, have you always been mainly yeah, 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 and yeah. I'd say so. The um, some yeah, my, we I say we um going way, way, way back. Mm. We used to um, so I did like um, what do you call it, music production. I used to do music. I used to you know MC and rap mm. and produce wow. music and all sorts and uh, like in a big Jeez. way. We was well into mm. it for about ten years, and um, so my creative background mm. is on the music side of things, and um. I I can clearly see the correlation from then to now, mm. like really clearly looking mm. backwards. And what I mean by that is as in, you know, anyone who's done music production and, you know, had any experience in making music, you'll know how it works. It's all layers and it's on a timeline and you can see, you know, the way you actually have to kind of map it out on a, you know, on a timeline. Um, com- if you then compare that to say video production, and how you do film, it's mm-hmm. very, very, very similar. So as in, it's all, it's done in layers. So, you know, you'll have a track one, track mm-hmm. two, track three. There's the concept of plugins, you know, you can, you know, introduce this different software. Mm-hmm. So it's an automation. And that's a really, really funny one to call out actually, because one of the, um, I remember using Cubase probably when I was about, oh, gosh, remember, yeah, Cubase? remember Cubase? I yeah, used to do that at school. Cubase yeah. SX, yeah. what's it called? I think. <laughs> we used to use Cubase and I remember learning uh, macros on Cubase. Mm. So when you was like editing, you know, a, a vocal take or whatever, and you wanted to say, strip the silence out of it, you know, fade in the ends and do all these things, and certain operations that you would do every time on a piece of audio. Mm. I remember working out on Cubase that if you, you could program it. So if you went boom, 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 three different keys, it would cut the audio, trim the silence, mm. do this, remove the DC offset, bomb. and something that would take you like 10 to 15 minutes to do mm. on one track, you could do in a few seconds. And I remember them thinking, okay, you have 40 tracks of audio to mm. do. But that principle of, of automation came from music. I never, as in, look, I, I knew automation mm. within software was possible wow. because of the creative background that I had. Wow. So then when later on in my career, in terms of marketing career, I remember looking at tasks in like Excel spreadsheets and stuff and thinking, well, this is, I'm repeating the same Mm. tasks over and over again, just like how you're doing music. Surely there's got to be a way to automate Mm. it. And, but it was because of that background that made me um, dive into that side of things, if you see what I'm saying. So then that that enabled us to start automating things within spreadsheets Mm. and kind of ultimately led to where we are are today, if that makes sense. I love that because for me, that is like one of the ways in how you, monetize your creativity and, and monetize your talent and actually that that's that's what this platform's all about looking at different ways kind of because i know mm. a lot of people would you know listen to what we're saying and and see some mm. of the guests and think or you know if you've got a talent you know maybe you're a singer or a dancer yeah. or you know an actor or, or whatever the case may be and that's you know it's quite simple to to, to monetize mm. that in in effect um but actually how do you use the skills that you learned from your creative side and mm. implement it into not what you were doing previously but another thing to still monetize it and absolutely and, and create some kind of um well from it which uh, that's amazing there's a few few tips there i could i could kind of 
and some people might not even realize, like, you know, music, how hard is it to make money? Like, even even big musicians aren't mm. making that much money, if you see what I mean. Don't get me wrong, big, big ones are, obviously. TLC. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Remember, TLC, yeah, that they, was at they the height of their career, but they were filing for bankruptcy. Yeah, like, what? that's a bad contract, <laughs> you know. But, but, yeah, it's like... But, you know, if someone's young and they're up and coming and they're passionate about making music, and um, I know from personal experience that... Um, the skills that like a good organized music producer has, they will migrate in seconds into sort of video production because mm -hmm. you need to be able to like organize channels. You need to be able to tidy up files. You need to be able to um, use plugins. You need all of these things that like will become are normal. Like how many kids are out there making mm -hmm. beats in their bedroom mm -hmm. and doing things and they're learning these skills that mm -hmm. like are going to be super, super difficult for them to make real money off. But if they just switch some of those skills into another area, like video and animation kind of thing. They, uh, they're, they're the type of people that will have mm. the right skill sets to migrate into another part of the creative industry and make some real money while pushing other things. Sick, absolutely sick. Sean, I can speak to you all day <laughs> um, about this, but I know we mm. have covered an extreme a lot in this episode. We've spoken about you know relationships and how to build relationships we've spoken about you know business partners and what to have yeah. in place we've spoken about collaborations and why it's important to collaborate um we've spoken about how to monetize your talent and your skills and how to make them transferable like we've literally spoke about so many things and the bombs that have been dropped and the hints and know that our listeners will absolutely find it amazing um, but before you go, we have okay. to do our 10 in 10. You know what it's like. Okay, okay, let's um, do it. You, you know, you've been with us, so you probably know the questions already. Um, but, you know, just quick, okay. quick fire, quick fire questions. So for those listeners who don't know, 10 in 10 is when we ask our entrepreneurs 10 questions and they need to give us 10 quick answers to those questions. And the questions are usually one or the other. Okay, so okay. you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Right. Nike or Adidas? Nike. Oh. Beyonce or Rihanna? Beyonce. Good lad. <laughs> Audi or BMW? Ooh, Audi. Rush Hour or Bad Boys? Bad Boys. KFC or McDonald's? McDonald's. ASOS or Boohoo Man? Never <laughs> order from any of them. <laughs> but you have to choose okay, one. ASOS. ASOS. Um, Tupac or Biggie? Tupac? Come on. J. Cole or Kendrick? Kendrick. Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. And podcast or books? Podcast for me. Mm, good. So those are your 10 questions, Sean. It was an pleasure. absolute honour to have you. And I hope it helps. Thank you once again for supporting and being the official sponsor to the Creative Entrepreneurs Podcast. Anybody out there that is looking for a space or a company to help support with podcasting, Route 36 are turn up. the we team. Do the rest. Yeah, literally just turn up and, and they do the rest. But thank you, Sean. Been yeah, no absolutely worries. amazing. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Creative Entrepreneurs Podcast sponsored by Route 36. If you liked what you heard, please remember to review the podcast and also give us a follow on our social media channels.